Guess who's back? It's the real Wrestle Pro. Ginger Jedi mind tricks teach you all that he knows. Had nobody in charge, and he's got all the news. Real talk, straight shooting interviews. Join the queue, put you in a submission. Twenty bucks, oh, wow. the full Nelson. Okay, shows making flights, still got time for a podcast. Buck never stops, and he's gonna let you know that. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pat Buck Show. I'm Pat Buck. We're at the Creator Pro Wrestling Academy, the Creator Pro Studios during this fine quarantine. I'll be joined with KM in a moment. We have a special guest who's also the other half of the Creator Pro, or at least splits the rents with me. A good friend, my business partner, you know him as Kurt Hawkins, now the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers. Big reminder before we get to that interview, we now have a Patreon. So the big thing of the Pat Buck Show um, that you see on whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on our podcast, we are trying to make things a little bit bigger and more interactive. So patreon.com slash Pat Buck Show, three different tiers there, whether you just want to participate in the action or join our booking committee. And it'll explain what that is there, as well as if you're an established or up and coming pro wrestler and want to take your game to the next level, I recommend going to the Patreon, checking out what we have to offer and just getting in on it. So uh, big thanks for Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers, sitting down and talking with, us, talking with us today. It's a KM, of course, and it's the GoPro wrestling crew for producing this stuff. I hope you enjoy the interview. All right, welcome to the Pat Buck Show. I'm your host, Pat Buck, and with me is KM and another special, I don't want to say interview, but partner of mine, uh, now the Prince of Queens, Brian Myers. He's back. What's up, guys? So what's going on? This is the most least prepared interview I think we'll have because we figured we can organically talk about something rather than... Hey, get into, you know, It's funny questions. you say that now, imagine. We literally have nothing to talk about. It's just like dead. <laughs> we have to keep cutting it out. Like, what are we talking about now? We have nothing to say. I mean. What's up, Brian? I haven't seen you in a minute. I know. Well, I haven't been in the ring probably, uh, or definitely the longest since I've been 18. So I'm just dying to wrestle here. Are you against us having uh, secret training sessions during I've quarantine? I've planted the seeds about it. <laughs> I think, I've had two already. Yeah. I think what we really need to do is somehow get our hands on, like, Industrial size, like Lysol spray. I, yeah, I thought like about a that. like a company, you know, like big, <laughs> not just like you know, go to Target and buy a can. I mean, like the we gotta find spray. a way to get it, like to have tons and always have tons. And as long as we have that, and you know, every you know half hour we're hitting the ring or whatever in between sessions, I'll be fine. You have a master plan, actually. And I mean, the rule in pro wrestling everywhere, even developmental, is like if you don't feel well. Don't, don't fucking go. come. Don't, <laughs> don't yeah. come. Because you're just going to get other people sick. It's not the old school, like, oh, tough it out is pointless because you're just going to get everyone else sick. And I think people understand that finally. So, Yo, dude, but right now nobody's training. So, look, if you guys just privately train me for the next couple of months, by the time it all kicks off, I'll be better than everybody else. Bro, what do you My like win would be amazing. 19th in comeback in the business? <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm ready to God. go, baby. Oh. <laughs> Shit. You could, I don't you know could do you... a series on KM comeback. <laughs> <laughs> you really could. I was listening to your podcast, and uh, you're mentioning the potential dream match. Well, Kevin brought this up of uh, myself and Kevin versus you and Broski, and uh, who would blow up first? Oh, God. <laughs> I would... I it would depends pay, what the spot is. I'd pay good money to see you versus Broski straight up. How long is the match? Oh, man. <laughs> if you, and you have to go at least 15. I went 19 with Omega. Really? But was that was 19? It, wow. 19? 10 years ago? 
2014, 15, six, six years ago. Five, um, five, six. No, I just that would be a real. Uh, I'd love that. He's been there. He's been. He's been wrestling. He's had thousand. He does. He has bad wind. Broski. How? 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 He's, he might have some of the worst I've ever seen. How? I don't. He well, just. Do you think it's because like, you know, for the last two, being in a tag, he just kind of. No. Took no, it easy. No, or it's before? like something in his head. Really? I think he's one of those guys that like. You know, like there's like truly blowing up. where, like, whoa, you did a lot. But yeah. then there's like mentally like. You're like, oh, no. If you're thinking about blowing up, you're going to blow up. I have that. And, sure. he, and he for sure does that. Yeah, that's not in my head. Time. It's in my lungs in the ring. Like, <laughs> it's in my lungs bed. Well, I mean, I remember, like, A-Rai would just, you were in FCW. Remember when yeah, he yeah. was, like, starting? He would, like, he'd literally just be thinking about blowing up before he even went. That's all he'd be thinking about. So, like, if you do that, you put that kind of pressure on yourself. I feel like you just right. make it happen. <laughs> like, he, he was like, hey, it's the boots, it's the boots. And then we switched to, like... Uh, shooter shoes, and he had like a kick pad that looked like boots that had laces on it. Oh but like, God. just because like he's like, that's what's making me blow up. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's like your paranoia that's making you blow right. up. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. And uh, I mean, yeah. in the two secret training sessions I've had here, I set the timer and I uh, like just go in as not hard as you can or whatever, but uh, two and a half minutes I got blown up. I had to like put a knee down. Yeah. Really? The next training thing was five, so I'm getting better. When, the, when this airs, you're going to get countless emails from all over the country where it's going to be like, what time are your private training sessions? <laughs> <laughs> they shut us down. <laughs> what time are your supposed? secret training I'm, sessions? I'm doing a ton of burpees hoping that it's not too much. Of, uh, you can't recreate wrestling. Can't. We all I've know been that. running. Yeah, I run more than ever now. That's not even close. During quarantine, yeah. if you had to guess how many burpees have I done? None. Correct. <laughs> You've lost 30-some pounds. There's other ways to lose weight. I'm just trying to, like, the up and down roller coaster ride of cardio of a pro wrestling yeah. match, I think, is somewhat recreated in burpees. And that's the closest yeah. thing. Just a pace on a treadmill is not going to do it. You know? I physically can't do certain things. Burpees is, no. I can, jumping up and down, i got to be cautious about me. But I did do, I tried to. I tried to do 500 squats to see if I could do it. I was like, let me see if I could do this. You're paralyzed? No, I got to 250. But then my, literally, when I, the last, like, 20, my knee, it normally crunches the arthritis. <laughs> you could hear it. Like, I mean, I could do, you could, yeah, you yeah. could literally hear it. But, dude, this one, when I got to, like, the final 20, is, <laughs> like, it felt like, <laughs> yo, it felt like starting a car that's already started. Like, <laughs> and yeah. then, to the point, and then, yo, the next two days, my, everything was burning, but this fucking knee, I felt like I almost needed surgery. I was like, okay. But I felt good up till 200, so I can't do, that's it. I'm no more, that's my squatting. Definitely in the boat of like, same with wrestling, like I feel better the the more consistent I go. Like the more I do squats, my knees feel better. The more I wrestle, the more, it doesn't make sense because you're putting punishment on yourself, but I just get that like grizzled kind of callousness. I don't feel like I'm dreading. You got any crunchage? I've, I've like never been healthier, man. It's crazy. Hmm. What? No, like your knees, like there's no dude, no have, arthritis have, on anything. There's nothing wrong with any, anything. My whole body. Yo, dude, I've been crazy. wrestling 20 years, but I've had like 200 matches, <laughs> and like I don't understand. Like yeah. it's like you were like two. Wow, you've been wrestling. It's freaking crazy. It's I'm so mangled. Well, we're talking about a conditioning and stuff, but I think part of the reason why, as much as we love teaching and you know having our own place, I think part of the reason we started Creator Pro is out of like that selfish. Uh, and not paranoia, but because we always wanted to like work and stay oh, in shape. Oh, the best, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm, I used to be, I'm still a little bit, but like terrified of like showing up somewhere and not being in like ring shape, you know. Are you going forward now? Do you see yourself doing more tags, or it's probably gonna be more singles? Um, right? I mean, and do you care that it's gonna be different? I mean, obviously, I'm a team player. Like, I'll, if I'm a promoter wants me to do something, I'm gonna do it. Right. I'd like to be a singles wrestler. Yes, going forward. So, uh, Broski and I have decided like if there's if there's meat on the bone, we would love to do it, you know? Like, 
the American males answered our challenge on Twitter, so I think that's why. You know what I mean? <laughs> so well, like, did they really? I wanted I wanted to bring it. Really? Riggs, Riggs, Riggs said he'd set it up. He's doing a comeback. I guess he said he he would do it to work us. So huh. can we, can shit like that. Like is Riggs back in yeah. is Riggs back in shape? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen. Yo, that. Yeah, point, he has a big, big gray beard. Bro, you remember his ECW body? Yeah, Scotty Anton. Yeah, I think. I mean, he was always in shape. I think that was his most jacked was his ECW run, right? Probably, right? That was insane, yeah. dude. I think Buff has, like, 97 Buff is one of the best physiques ever in wrestling. I just remember Anton. I think Anton's ECW body compared to that, no? Like, bro, he was jacked out of his know, feet. If I, to, yeah, I got to go back and look. Wrestling physique. The 2000 Luger is, like, insane. That 2000. I'm oh, that's you. with, like, the slow music. When he becomes, like, the total package. He's not Lex Luger anymore. People right. forget he's, like, he's competition ready. Like, I got to watch that yeah. back. Um, that one always comes I mean, to mind for me. W still had crazy bodies though, because then when they had all like Jindrak and Palumbo, like the Palumbo Stasiak, remember Stasiak yeah, and his Jack? That whole Stasiak that whole, looked ridiculous. That whole group was Jack, yeah. yeah. It really was. So what's going on now? Uh, you know, trying to segue into something else. I'm just dying to wrestle, to be honest. Like, because last time I got fired, I literally I got fired on Thursday. I wrestled Friday, Saturday, and I just felt like I remember, I'll never forget. My parents had like kind of like a barbecue or something on Sunday, and I remember just sitting out there like oh, I was so happy, you know, like yeah. I had just been, I just felt so unappreciated. It's just a different firing, you know. I just I just wanted to get out there and work, and even though I like you know I'm wrestling like Ricky O shows with Demonte and shit, but either way I was just so happy yeah. to be doing what I want to do, you know. Um, and since I can't then, get that out of my system right now, so I'm like dying. Well, uh, yeah. I think other people have said it too. I, we talked about it like the first podcast. Oh, I guess I did it by myself, though. But the, uh, <laughs> I thought you were here for it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I guess you weren't here for Kind it. of helping out other guys. Because you're, this isn't, you know, your first rodeo kind of post-WWE mm-hmm. and figuring it out. But have you had a lot of conversations oh, with God, people I, like, I, helping them out? FaceTime with Slater uh, every other day. Um, How's he taking it? I, I, he's, he's starting to understand, you know, what's going on and what he's got to do to, you know, mm-hmm. keep the ball rolling, you know. I, I watched guys, and I made this note to myself, even when, even when I started, I saw guys get fired, and talented people that can contribute to the pro wrestling, but they just sit back and, like, feel sorry for themselves, and it's like, dude, then nothing's going to get accomplished doing that, you know. Like, you yeah. got to just, you got to just. Get the it, ground running. You got to look at it like an ex-girlfriend, like, she broke up with you, move the fuck on and live your life. You know, you can't just sit back and you know, sulk about it. Uh, the thing that sucks now, though, other than the stuff that everyone's doing online, everyone's figuring out, most of the people are figuring out whether it's Patreon or whatever, some girls with the only YouTube fans. YouTube show. <laughs> the YouTube. Everyone's trying to find their own little thing because there are no shows now. There's no conventions. There's no shows. This is the first time where it's like you can't really hit the ground running. Online you can, but show-wise you can't. It's like you have to really think outside the box because yeah. it's like, yeah, we're released. We have name value. The world wants us. But the world's shut down at the moment. What the fuck? And you don't know what uh, when it's going to open up. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy. And and wrestling was booming, and I I do feel like when it does come back, it's going to be like maybe even hotter because the fans will be so I think appreciative. So. Yeah. I think so. You know? so plus they have all these new names out there. You know, we we were having trouble. Literally, it would be so hard every month oh, just to find a recognizable name at an affordable price that we could bring in to create a pro, just to put on the poster, you know, right. just to have, you know, and it was getting tough because there were so many just contracted guys and wrestling was just, you know, booming. And I think so. that's worth saying, too. We talk about so much about booking, and I say, you know, Kevin's my booker for WrestlePro, and me and Brian run shows. Brian's essentially, I really don't do 
anything with the booking with Creator Pro. So it's all it's a you know, weird triangular yeah. dynamic here. Yeah, different I, companies I, I but the same people, umbrella. I, I, do, I do love when <laughs> people hit me up to get booked for WrestlePro with ideas. And <laughs> you know how many times I had to tell Amber yeah. O'Neill like, stop running pictures by me. I don't. Oh, like, really? oh my god, who? at least three. Amber O'Neill. Oh. I'm going to start like a for faction. Bro? Oh, always. Oh, like, I have this idea, and I'm like, <laughs> there's so many. Wild. Not me, I mean, dude. I'm a little. I'm kind of thankful now, at least, like I shaved my face because we'd have, and your hair is now oh, longer. Oh, yeah, the students, yeah. Because we'd have people that there's at least two different students that did not realize we were two different people. Oh yeah, for a long <laughs> time, yeah. Ugh, wild. Yeah. But no, I get the same thing where people, when I have to explain to you, I was like, well, no, it's actually different. It's like Creative Pro New York is the school of Creative Pro. The show is from Creative Pro Wrestling out in New York. Creative Pro New Jersey is the school of WrestlePro. You understand? Like, no, no. I, <laughs> I mean, we didn't really make it the most <laughs> it's like, easy to digest. Pat and Hawkins run that yeah. one, and Pat runs this yeah. one, and I booked this one. Then what's the Alaska show? Well, I, I booked the Alaska show. It's, it's the same, it but it's really like different. Confusing. So maybe maybe it's our fault now that we're, now that we're saying this out loud. Should, I uh, almost feel like this should be like an actual, just a generic page that has all the links individually to the school. It's like, okay, this handles this, this it's handles this. It's a link this. tree. My wife showed me that. I yeah. have like a link tree in my all my, yeah. all my social <laughs> media accounts. A link tree? It's like one link. And you click it, and then it has all my stuff there. Yeah. So uh, it has all, you know, Wrestling Figure Pockets. It has Creative Pro stuff. It has everything. Huh. It has my cameo, whatever the hell you, you're looking for. It's kind of crazy because, like, we oh, lived in tree. Something from the, the real world that us wrestlers I don't really yeah. yeah. Like, when we all started, like, freaking websites were the thing. And remember, everyone would have their own website. <laughs> and then you would have the link section. And the whole th cool thing was, like, yo, put my link on, or I'll put yours on. Were you Bro, ever about I, that? No, but, like, it's funny you say that. Like, I used to think you were, like, a big star because you had a GeoCities website. Like, it was that perception. <laughs> yeah. But back then, it was like, you, you, you I know I've heard people say it about Davari. Like, Davari is one of the first people to have was a he? website. And they're like, oh, is this Davari guy? You know, just to like, it's just, CJB or like uh, Jimmy or Jacobs. There's a couple guys that had like websites, and you're like, whoa. Ah, and you wow. didn't realize, you know, it's just it was smart, you know, uh, self marketing and that perception makes you think, like, oh, this guy's a big deal. Yo, I'm just going to say it quick because I keep thinking about it from what we were just talking about before that fantasy tag match. And I just keep thinking of a move <laughs> where, where me, like, me and Ryder are in the ring. We're both gasping. We both go to tag on. You both jump <laughs> off the apron. Dude, there was. <laughs> I have a couple of awesome broski blow-up stories. You, you both uh, roll to the back without us knowing, so you're out of there, and the match just keeps, and the ref's in on it, and he won't stop the more. <laughs> I have a couple of awesome broski blow-up stories. You I'll pull just, the ref out? Well, while I have this platform, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll embarrass him. Uh, before we um, were put back together as a tag team last year, <laughs> he was literally, I think he was on Raw for a year, and might have done main event like a handful of times. Wow, okay. Like literally didn't work. No live events, nothing. And I'm, that would just, I have to be in the ring and I'm, he, I'm here kicking my ass during the week. So right. like, it doesn't even matter. That, that would never happen to me. He doesn't do that. So he finally gets booked in two segs against Jinder on main event. And I'm like, <laughs> very excited. It's the boringest match of all time. They're literally sitting in a chin lock for like, <laughs> for like nine minutes. And like Vince loves that. So really can't say they were doing wrong or yeah. whatever, you know? Uh, Nine minutes. So whatever. I watched it like in catering, or whatever, and it was like very uneventful. And then I go to like see him in the tunnel at Gorilla, and he's literally like can't walk, <laughs> toast. And I mean, he had the most unathletic, boring <laughs> match, selling a chin lock, like not even applying the chin lock, like he's the baby face, like unreal. And he was like just wiped out, like completely toast. How long was the match? It was two, uh, so five was and five. five so and, yeah. so it's an eight minute match. Oh. Because you count entrances. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the most famous broski blow up of all time is uh, we had the edge run. Then we became like kind of like 
<laughs> I told you, Matt, when you did the edge run, I was picturing the WrestleMania. Okay, no, we had that run too. Run. That, that's involved in the whole run. But I'm saying, like, you know, almost a year of the edge doing everything. Win the belts, lose the belts. And once we lost the belts, we became like almost like enhancement. And we would just like randomly do jobs and stuff. No live events, nothing. There was this crazy, like, cost cut thing at the end of that year where they would do double SmackDown taping. So we literally would just. Oh, wow. Would only even go to work, maybe not even work, but we would even only go twice a month because you do two, okay. and that's it. So we were doing nothing for months. What year was this? This is the end of 08, bleeding into 2009. So we obviously, Mania comes up in Houston, everyone goes, and you have access matches and stuff like that. So we have, uh, it's, we have one access match. It's him versus Charlie Haas. And then it's me versus Jimmy Yang, like later the later session at night. So the daytime one is them, and he's up first. I've been like going on YWC, like whatever, just to stay rolling around. Right. I just don't like to be rusty. I don't like that in my mind. It's my a body. horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling. It's the worst feeling in the world. He, of course, didn't do anything. So Charlie Haas has also been in like the same boat, like not booked, and he's pissed off and whatever. Which, if you know Charlie, is not hard for him to get pissed off. <laughs> so. He like and I don't know, but he put and I didn't actually I didn't realize it's Houston, it's like his hometown, or whatever. So he and he has family there, and he wants to put the, together like this barn burning with Broski. Uh, this is this is access. You access, okay. yeah, which is a rough situation because. Um, didn't they give you guys more time for those matches? It's like almost like it's not being filmed, so it's like it's up in the air. It's like whatever you want. So um, now they kind of build that like little arena where you can like sit and watch. Oh, they, you can sit and watch the match, like kind of, but like the old school way, it was just like something you walked past, like right. any other thing. So it's like fans are running around getting autographs, and like you don't really have people's und undivided attention. Sure. It's a very, very tough situation to, to perform in and to like have a good match because you don't, you just don't have undivided attention. Uh, so Haas puts together this barn burner with Broski, and he's just like wide eyed. And sure enough, I'm, I, I got the best seats in the house. I'm like, you know, banging the mat, you know, his valet or whatever. And like, he, I can just tell he is done. Gas to the gills, done. Uh, and that's him being the heel, putting the holds on, right? Mm -hmm. And it's finally time for the comeback. And I remember I was in the back and Charlie was explaining he wanted to do the Rocky Johnson comeback, like the oh, punches like the and then and the, the shuffle. shuffle. Yeah, yeah, like and all that. So they finally get to that point. He gives him that shot, Broski drops. And now he's supposed to start the bump of feet. So Haas takes off, hits the ropes, comes back. Broski's still flat, like dead, just collapsed. And he's just like, and he just starts beating, shoot, beating the fuck out of him. And like Broski has to like, like shoot, use the ropes to get up. His legs are just, they don't work or whatever. And like we get to the back and Charlie's like, you fucking embarrassed me out there, kid. What the fuck was that? And like he's just, he just takes it like, like a he champ. Knows, he right? just yeah, takes yeah. it. Charlie Powder, she's like, bro, I almost faked an injury while giving the heat because I was so blown up and I knew there was no way I'd be able to like <laughs> continue or whatever. I was like, holy shit. I love that he's honest about so it. That's like the, yeah, that's like the famous, the broski blow up and the Rocky Johnson shuffle. And then, then he got me a little weird. I'm like, oh shit, I have to work. And then luckily uh, Shane Helms like didn't want to go to Hall of Fame and like politics and got out of it. Mm -hmm. So they made it a tag, he had to work again. It was me and him against Helms and Yang. We actually had like a really fun match. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of training stuff, I don't know if we've I don't know if you've ever talked about it or we couldn't really talk about it. Um, us as trainers, essentially yeah. seeing some of our our guys and females, mm -hmm. you know, do pretty well and and actually you know do some significant stuff this year. I don't know if it's worth even bringing up or talking about. Or yeah, I mean, obviously, like that's um, the goal. You know, it was funny. Like when we opened up, 
we had like, I think we had like 13 or 14 kids sign up that first, first day. First day, yeah. And I remember sitting, we went to that Buffalo Wild Wings on the road, and I was One little, person never even showed up. They I just know, paid yeah, and never came. I mean, it's been a, that has been just a wild card of what walks in this door. Oh, you God. never know. Yeah. But I remember sitting there being like a little dejected. Like, Wait, your first open house was at Buffalo Wild Wings? No, no, no. no, 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 no. After. After we Oh, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Pat and Lauren, my wife, and Raleigh and his girlfriend, we all went to Buffalo Wild Wings and sat there. Gotcha. I remember being like, damn, only 14 kids signed up for this school, which looking back on it is like incredible. Yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> but I was like a little dejected because I just didn't know what to expect. Right. And Raleigh's like, Rome wasn't built in a day, bro. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? He's right. And then, like, I think from that moment on, I was like, as long as we're here and you and I are consistent and the doors are open, yeah. and like every once in a while, somebody who's like-minded that like will put in hard work and like what it actually takes, mm -hmm. which is few and far between. Like one, one out of really, every yeah, 30. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe. You know, as long as we're here and we stay open and then like the results will finally come like mm -hmm. where people realize like, okay, oh, you know, Chris Statlin or MJF, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, Max Caster, these people that, you know, even people that we've retrained like SmartMark, you know. Right, put a little um, coat of paint on them. Yeah. For sure, yeah, and I think that that's the key. It's the consistency. Like people still think Johnny Rods' school is a oh. thing because he's living <laughs> off the lore of what he built. Like, right. we have to build our lore and we'll live off of it one day. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah. That's just the consistency is key, is, I think. You know? I noticed the main thing with the open house, too. It's always like between 12 to 16 people always show up for the open house. And then, like, maybe four will give it a shot, five will give it a shot. And maybe if we're lucky, two will stick around. Well, the, like, and that's a success. The ones in Jersey have been a little bit better. So, like, Are they? He, so here I think it's a little bit, like I think it's a little more doomed here. Because of because Brian because of they hear WWE super like they they know yeah. that someone associates. We for like, sure have had people just come in here to get a, I was sel say a selfie with, a selfie with me. They'll sit through a practice just to get the selfie and I they never sit through open again. house pretend they want to and then after they're like hey that oh, was sure. a great match well, can we have a picture? Another thing and I've always stick by this and, and now it's public knowledge. I'm not encouraging people to do this, but like wrestling is insane and very hard and very difficult and they're for whatever reason even though there's so much stuff like you're on YouTube right now you can go research pro wrestling and how it works. <laughs> You know, you can do that yourself. Like, people just still don't understand. So when they come in, and I don't know you from the hole in the wall, I'm going to be like, hey, do me a favor. Before you sign up and take your money, because this isn't some greedy cash grab. Like, this is a wonderful place with great people with great attitudes. I'd rather that. Sit through these training <laughs> sessions and watch, watch what we're going to do for two hours. And if you honestly think that's something you would want to do or can do, then please come back. But if not, then, you know, hit the bricks. You know what I'm saying? That happens a lot. You know, people right. come in and watch. And then on the flip side, there's people like three of us who just you know, love pro wrestling, and they watch, and it's like, holy shit. Like, if 16-year-old me came in and watched one of those things, I'd be like, give me yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be like, I'd have my money, like, shake it, like, let's go, Actually, you know? It's funny, because I joined wrestling school at 16, and you're saying they would mark out to you. I was 16. It's just the idea of being no, no, in the ring and yo, doing stuff. At Johnny Rods, when I joined Johnny Rods, yeah. do you know who I was marking out to? Bro, at what year? Adrian Bird, who was a WCW job guy oh, on I Saturday it was Musketeer, night. Musketeer, I would have guessed. Oh, wow. I thought it was. Well, no, that Musketeer didn't even go to ECW. Matt Adrian Bird, Matt Stryker, I was there before. I was there before him. Uh, really? Adrian Bird, little genie in WCW. She was doing job matches in WCW Saturday night. And uh, no idea. Who who was? It? And then um, Danny Demonto. No, and then Angel of the Baldies. Who just oh, went to ECW that's, at the time? That's that's, cool. that's a cool that, one, dude. But he literally just. I went was to such e a fanboy. I say this all the time. Like I'll go to USA Pro shows, and I thought like Mike Tobin and Danny Drake were like millionaires. Like they were like my favorite tag team. I'm like these guys are so cool. They're pro wrestlers. They're USA Pro tag team champions. They must just be swimming in money and chicks. And like that's just like what I made up in my mind because I was just such a a mark like fan. You know, you don't know. Yeah, but it, if it, I saw the Angel from the Baldies there. I'd be like. 
He ju- but I don't even think the bully started. I think he, because when he came in, I don't think he came in as the bullies. I think he just got brought into ECW. I forget who brought him in. It was weird. With Gleason's gym, it was whoever got into ECW, like that guy got another guy in, and then it was a trickle effect yeah, from there. Yeah. Like I think Angel actually got in the Musketeer. I might be wrong with that. Mm, but uh, but, any, but even, even when the Musketeer went there, I was just like, anybody who touched anything on TV, no, I don't recall any of the WWE stuff, but it was a lot of WCW job guys and girls and stuff like that. But I was just like, you, you wrestled the WCW? Oh, my God. And I was telling people, I remember on AOL telling people, like, I'm friends with WCW's Adrian <laughs> Bird, B-Y-R-D, bro. Uh, he, he was a little short, I mean, Jack Black dude, and he was just a super job guy. It's on like perception, Saturday. man. It's, yeah. it's real. So, like, yeah. you, you're, fr- you're a former champion, fresh off of TV. I'd understand a 16, 17-year-old coming here and be like, oh, my God, I have, like, all the action figures. Like, yeah. dude, you WrestleMania this and stuff. I'm doing. I'm talking about job guys on Saturday night. And <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's so. If you can see it when they walk in, like, okay, they're they're a fan. I get that. It's the ones that hide it. So like circling back, what I'm saying, because we have the wrestling school in Jersey, Creative Pro New Jersey, and Creative Pro New York. So New York ones, I think, a little more doomed because we get a lot more fans that want to meet Brian. But like, if they come to Jersey, you know, they're they're not going to be like, oh, that's. That's the guy that breaks up fights on Raw. Like they don't care. Like you know. <laughs> so, um, but I've noticed like the last the last open house. I don't even think you were here for that last open house. I don't think it so. was. It made me like cringe because there was a. Uh, I think there was like only about eight to ten people. Yeah, we never our open houses never crack like ten people. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's never you think been because of the location. Like Jersey. I also just think so on the flip more... side of what passes, I think people are intimidated. To come. What's the public okay. trans you know. scenario around here? Can you take public trans? Is nah, it convenient? That's, that's tough because you know, we're like dead in between two major that's train what, stops. That's probably what kinda, it is. You know, but some, you know, trust me, there's been a lot of people that have taken and taken walk from either one, and that's a pretty decent haul. And a lot right. of people have done that. And then there's people like Bobby Orlando who drives like crazy far and he comes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week for yeah. years. But on the, on the train, you, you can know. bring your bike on those trains, right? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, you sure. can do that. Yeah. So why so that, that, like that, would, that would probably be actually the easiest way to do it, to be honest. Bring like, bike there's like a train, eight, eight minute cab yeah. ride. Yeah. So that so, would be yeah. a fifteen minute bike ride. Well, like I, uh, but so uh, the last That's open house, there's about maybe there's eight, eight people there. The first three came up to me individually, and they all explained like how they have physical limitations and they can't really do it, but they want to be part of the school. Which I'm like, which happens a lot, but you have to like take those select few and maybe. Like but I mean, people, like, like you know? can't do anything. Period. Like, can't oh, do man. zero. Like, cause, I mean, we have yeah. one of our referees, Chris Robinson, who helps out with a lot of this. Um, he has, he, he can't bump. I think he has. I don't know if I'm giving public knowledge. I don't know if he would care. But like, he can do referee stuff, but has like a, a heart condition where. Well, you know, yeah, you could say it. he has a pacemaker. He calls himself Pace. Okay, so <laughs> that's like, his nickname. And now this guy's like main event, like doing main He's, event matches, wrestle pro refereeing. Yeah. But like, we knew his limitation. We knew, okay. You need to train with us, but you're not bumping. You can do the chain wrestling. You can run the ropes. You can do everything, but you're not taking any bumps. Then the next three, what was it? Oh, uh, I disqualify people when they say they want to be managers. Like I just, because it, it, to me, it's, it's just like it, the go of that is like, it's it's it, to me, it's just like, oh, you just want to come here, but you don't want to do anything physically, it's which tough isn't to a like thing. Break that stigma where like you're not gonna think like you just yeah. want to be here and yeah. be involved in this and not do any hard work. And then also it's like. I don't want to set someone up for failure because it's like, even as a promoter, like, are you willing to pay someone to be a manager? Yeah. Right. right. Right, no. What, what indie in the country is going to bring you in just to be the manager? Like, it's a tough road to get on, you know what I mean? I'd yeah. say we start questioning them, like, oh, you want to be a manager? Who's your favorite manager? I mean, what do you like about that? Like, <laughs> and start going through the history of managers. I mean, that. honestly, that's not a bad idea. Like, wait, yeah. what? Like, yeah. because everyone thinks a manager is, oh, yeah, you just walk out with them to the ring. Really? 
No. Yeah. So now with this, we have the school. We're both trying to get out there again, but your podcast, anything, uh, I mean, that's part of like the motivation to restart myself doing something, just seeing how you guys have kind of yeah, I, thought you not, I thought you restarted this to hype up my return to wrestling. <laughs> 19th comeback, folks. <laughs> on this, one's, this one's gonna be this good. What do you mean comeback? One. This is a 19 comeback. I never left. I never retired. I never quit. This is on camera? You're saying this? When did I quit or retire? When? Never. At least five times. I don't know if you've ever published sabbaticals. Said. What are you calling them? Yeah, sabbaticals? Sabbaticals? <laughs> no, sabbaticals. they're not in. No. surgery laid me out a year. We're, we're, we're literally in the midst of a comeback right now. Yeah. Bro, I lost 30 pounds. Your comeback's a real thing. You're proving me right. My man, the comeback's real. Holy smokes. Anyway, what the fuck? My podcast. Yeah. My comeback. Uh, I mean, did you think it would blow I up? I had like, good like No, no. No. Uh, Kevin's never listened to it, so I'll have to. I'm not a podcast guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I do listen to some. Sometimes. What well, no, actually, Joe yo, Rogan, you're one of those guys? No, no, but uh, no, no, I, I try to, it depends. Like, if I, I usually hear about it afterwards, but like, check out this, he talks about this, and then I'll go and listen to an episode of whatever. But I don't want to, like, dude, everyone has a freaking podcast. I love action figures. I'm not a huge guy that wants to, actually, some of them, I did watch the YouTube one where Ryder explained the whole origin of, uh, the the rhythm and blues. Oh, um, how I, that, that, that thing yeah. was like a, that thing was like forty minutes long or something. I watched every minute of it and I was like floored. About yeah. That. So to what Pat's saying, like some of them do interest me. We had the idea. Broski was really pushing me to do it, and I was like, okay, we obviously are nuts about wrestling figures, and that's kind of like what's forged our relationship for so many years. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I guess it's doable. I just was I I didn't see the big picture, and it's become so big. There's no way he even saw like the big you know right. what it's become. Um, because it's like you said, like something like that, like you don't care about figures. And I watch your Japan episodes. There's, there's, which yeah, was cool. that was like, cool. It's really evolved, like between like the Patreon and the YouTube, and like there's people that don't even listen to podcasts, and they just want they watch our YouTube stuff, and they think like we're okay. we're vloggers, you know, really? which we are, but to an extent. But but going into it, like you guys kind of knew, like there's probably not this gigantic listener viewership for like pro wrestling figures, but you knew there was a niche there. But did you think the niche was going to be that yeah. so big? My theory is that. It's it's a niche pro wrestling within a niche, okay. And you like wrestling figures, so if you if you got both those check marks, you're so committed and diehard, and like that's a like the fans we have are like not casuals. Like everyone is like deep deep like minded person into the hobby. So I think that's what's really forged the success is like the the uh, how committed our fans are. You right, know? right, right. It's been like unreal. We we've been talking about this lately. Like the four year old version came out in two thousand five, right? And he's got this badass vintage toy collection. Oh, sure. He's depicted as this creepy man that no one would ever have sex with because (laughs) he collects toys, right? And now we're here like two WWE superstars saying like, look at my collection and this is cool. And like, I think like beyond what Matt and I have done, but that perception of that like, that's nerdy and not cool has been blown away like where it is cool. So now all these people are seeing us like just openly like bare our souls about like this nerdy hobby that we're it's into. It's like what happened with comic books. Like people came along and were like, Iron Man came out, it's like, oh, this stuff is cool. Yeah, right, you needed that like kind of glass to be broken where yeah. everyone's like, this is a safe place and you know, like that, if that, um, what I'm trying to say is that movie came out now, that would not be the way to depict him as like sure. a loser. And if I walked in there, I'd be like, wow, this is an incredible collection. This is wonderful investments you have here, wow. <laughs> you know, like this is, doesn't add up anymore, and that's only a short time ago, you know? So especially when we broke into the business, like, you think we were gonna like sit in the locker room and tell Bob Holly about our action figures? You know what, it's funny you say that, because yeah. in my head, the story that I was about to say when you were done talking, I was like, do you think it would have been different 
like your whole thing, like how you guys are so open with action figure collecting, toy collecting, and stuff like that. Back then, with Holly and JBL, if you guys are these huge action figure enthusiasts, and then making YouTube you videos, so you think they'd be like, you guys are oh, children dude, playing with toys be, and they have, they have old school. You think they would have just straight beat you up? We would have, <laughs> yeah, we would have got like wedgies and swirlies and fired, like. <laughs> Old school, like, really <laughs> like, like old school WWE like bully mentality, like forget that, especially then. No way. That, that's what honestly, like besides the fact that we love wrestling, but like that's what kept Matt and I so together. It's like we had this little dark secret almost that we like collected wrestling figures, which is crazy to say because it yeah, shouldn't weird, be like that. Weird addiction, like don't let anyone find out. Like about it was it. like this big dark secret. It really was, you know. You're not gonna sit there and you know. Bob, man, I got your bone cruncher. It's awesome. You We're going to hit the gym now. You go to the nearest toy store and just load up. Always, yeah. Have you ever did Have you ever did that back in the day? Like do, when you were on the road, like sneak buying toys? Oh, dude, I forget. You'll love this story. I'll never forget uh, when we went moved to McDonough for Deep South. We would go to that Walmart. Like Basically, uh, if you don't know, Deep South Wrestling was advertised as Atlanta, but it's not. It's like 50 minutes south <laughs> in a small town called McDonough. I was there recently. It's like way different. It's mm -hmm. uh, really developed. But there was like a bar, a 24-hour Walmart, and Gold, that's a really, Gold's Gym. A, gold, a badass Gold's Gym, which is still there. I just worked out at it. And that was really it. You, make so it like, you go there regularly. Like, you, like I was there. We, last week. When we passed through Roskin, I like to stop for nostalgia. Did you walk um, the wall? But like... Yes, we did. <laughs> but we uh, we went to the Walmart one night at like midnight just to like, because sometimes, you know, practice was so hard, we'd sleep through like the afternoon and be like, oh shit, and go to the what? gym. And we're, 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 that was easy. <laughs> yeah, really. Walk <laughs> in the park. <laughs> so we're at this Walmart at like midnight and we're shopping, and I ran into Nykirk, and there was this brand new set of wrestling guys, and I had them, and I see Nykirk, and he sees me, and I'm like, <laughs> What's up, bro? Like, like pretending like I didn't have it or wasn't buying a cane figure, oh, and like I'll never forget it. Like, just crazy nervous. Like, I barely know this guy. He's like the top guy in deep south, and like had to like go crawling through like the floor to find him when he walked away. Like, I'll never forget it. Yeah, but that's do, what it was. I do remember that though in your apartment though, because uh, if was it yeah, it was Ryder with the Rocky. Was that you or Ryder that had the Rocky? He on collects the Rocky stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I remember seeing the Rocky spread on the wall. And it was your room that had Mr. Perfect stuff? Yes. I, I do Mr. remember Perfect. that. That was You had that hung up on the wall, too. Yeah. Uh, circling back with, like, That's just some of the, the podcasts and your the, the the school and everything, the holiday toy drive that you guys the best. do yeah. once a year. Yeah. Um, That's wild. I do follow that. I mean, I think I think one of the... A little damn truck. Not to say it's under... Under, but I think one of the coolest things I thought that you guys were actually allowed to work. That was cool, yeah. And like, how did something like that kind of come um, across? We were gonna just go for it and say, screw it, like, what are you gonna do? Like, you know, we it's did For a great cause. Yeah, like, exactly, and then, uh, like, kind of, it trickled to the office where they knew, so we just asked, and then like, I couldn't believe it. We kind of like, we're waiting a couple of days, we're supposed to happen and get an answer, and we didn't, and we're just like, oh yeah, there goes that, we're screwed, and then, we just randomly got this group text from uh, an office figure. It goes, Vince said, all for it, and like uh, they'll put like a dot com article up about wow, it. So, cool. or send they sent a dot com guy to cover it. So we went from like, screw it, we're probably getting in trouble, but it's for a good cause. To holy shit, everyone's all in on this. So no, do you think Vince said all for it? Or he just had no idea. No, I no, think that they, yeah. clear, they did clear it with yeah, him, something like that. For sure, because this particular person wouldn't just say yes unless gotcha. he was told yes. Right. Yeah. So how do you top it this year? Have you guys thought about that? I don't I mean, know. I mean, when we get closer to it, we'll start uh, figuring you know, it out. I think the people now know it's a thing, like so they're they're helping, like obviously with their donations and stuff. But when we pulled up with that truck this year, do you know do you know it's across the street by the way? What the 
Toys for Tots collection thing. No, really? Literally, when you come down this road and there's that V, okay. it's one of those industrial buildings right oh, there. Wow. Like, it couldn't be, it's not even a minute away. Wow. And uh, when we showed up with the truck and opened it, the, the people working there, like, you know, they're all the Marines, like, you know, volunteering, they were like, Good guy. I mean, it was a lot. They didn't know it was coming, or they didn't know it was coming. They, Mark keeps in touch with them, but like, I don't think they understood like, oh, the magnitude. Thousands yeah, of, yeah. of, uh, yeah. of things. <clears throat> as far as the podcast, you guys do like live shows now too. Is that part? That's of the another new, thing. Is that going to be part of the new schedule coming for up? For sure. Like, like with being fired, like it's gonna be crazy because the the possibilities there are like endless. An now. independent show. Yeah. Do like a bar show oh, after. Yeah. Like almost kind of roll it into like. The package deal, you right. know. You want me, Mark, and Zach on your show, and you know we do live in here the night before, you know, whatever, whatever kind of way. However, the financials work out, you know, we can do it. Yeah. So you feel pretty good about everything. Yeah, I was I was telling someone recently. So the first time I got fired, obviously I wanted to be fired. I, looking back on, it, I probably should have just manned up and quit because I was so miserable, you mm -hmm. know. And then I I got the wrestling get out of my system, but I was coming off of like two years of no TV time. I cut my hair. So I was like unrecog right. unrecognizable mm -hmm. and like no fanfare. And I made it work for two years. I wrestled every single weekend, made a living, you know, busted my ass. So like now I'm definitely way more set up for mm -hmm. this, like with between the podcast and like I had a way better run in WWE this time around. You know, I still have my beautiful long hair that people recognize, you know. Right. So like if Jabroni Kurt Hawkins can do it, Name value, Kurt Hawkins can certainly do it. Okay, you know? makes sense. Yeah, just and it's like, a better time period compared to. I'm, I'm excited. You, know, years I, ago. you guys know I'm sick in the head. Like I just love wrestling, so I don't care if it's Madison Square Garden or at a, a VFW somewhere. As long like, as we're out there doing it. Yeah. yeah, right. I just like to do it and get it out of my system. You know. So. All right, cool. All right, so wait, hold. On. I have a question for basically all of us over here. Uh oh. So everyone's saying, oh, when the world's right, when the world's right. Obviously, different parts of the world are going to open up long before other parts. Alaska's at 50%. New York's not even at 10%. Yes. So now, how does that work with the wrestling world where, let's say, let's say Wyoming or something, for example, random state, Idaho or something, opens up before New Jersey, but they're doing a little social distancing and, they're, and they want to book you for the show. Are you going to play it safe and be like, I'd rather wait till everything's a little bit more. If it's that promoter that's like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. I want to bring you in. Are I mean, you, it's a situation it by situation thing. Like, because of that first run, I have so many relationships already established with these promoters and stuff, you know? If it's someone I've never heard of, obviously I'm not going to be like, well, I'm talking break about, my back I'm, to like, you know? Well, I'm talking about with the whole virus and stuff. Like, like if they're going to go ahead and run shows when other places are saying, like, it's not the smartest idea to do events, but their particular state is think, okaying it. I think live events are going to be one of the last things, so, like, everything will be pretty uniform. So. You know what I mean? I think so. We got some time. I, I think yeah. New York, and I, I predict New York and New Jersey is not going to run anything for the rest of this year. I don't think so. That's what I. That's New York what I, and New Jersey, you think? I, I think so. I, I was I, banging I think on if, that Jersey would become the place. I think, I think Jersey, Jersey's behind New York, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I think if Jersey does it, it's going to be a small Knights of Columbus. I, I don't think any of these Rahway, like, thousand plus shows are More remotely going to happen. I think 2020 is done in this area. Mm -hmm. That's my personal take on it. I, I feel confident the Alaska shows will happen because they're at 50% right now in yeah. May. So I think September, December is good. Uh, but I, I, my gut's already, I'm already can't. I mean, it's just. I hope will, I'm wrong. I hope will, I'm very wrong. Time will tell situation. That's exactly what it is. Always going to be a glass, you know, half full. Type right. like, you know let's go. You know what's going to be crazy, yeah. though? Just think of it. Between not even just all the release talent mixed in with all the indie guys that are just starving for work, the second the world opens and, like, people start announcing those shows, those promoters are probably going to get bombarded. Awesome, yeah. I think what, 
obviously we were saying like there was nobody to book. Now you have all these guys. And you have like these firings, I don't think it takes a genius to realize like they were not uh, talent based. It was like, how much is this guy making based? Mm-hmm. You know, and they just started whacking us off. So like, <laughs> I, I think you got like, Talented guys that have, and then they're kind of pissed off because they're fired guys. Like you're getting the perfect mix here of, uh, you know, this new crop hitting, you know, the free agency. Like it's pretty cool, and it's a good talent pool too. And that's it's what's crazy is it needed. Not, I mean, people didn't need to get fired per se. I don't like seeing people lose their jobs, but the wrestling world scene, especially the independent scene. Pat and I were talking about this a while ago. Like, dude, it's been so long since it's been freshened up. Like. There's been no new talent coming in at all. All the shows are rotating the same people. Weird time and the fans where they are getting like weird hiring and, and hiring and hiring and not firing. Right. So you you had to like really mess up to get fired or you know really piss someone off or do something stupid. Yeah, and they let a lot of people go that the fans really want to see. It's not those guys. A lot of people where the fans are like Who gives a crap about this guy. It's we're like holy crap, this person. Wow, this is awesome. Like we're especially if the world opens up sooner rather than later, a lot of you guys are going to do good. I even one of the other episodes I said of old people. I said no way, Jose. If you think about it, on family shows, oh, that guy's layup. the go-to guy. That yeah. guy's a, a hornswoggle, but a big dancing Congo line yeah, version. Yeah. We've had he's the go-to guy. Silva and Raleigh both want to be in the Congo line. Like I've had people. Say, can, my college friends are asking me like, please. <laughs> if you want to get like real uh, dapper about it, like you could book. Get people pay to be in the gonga line and pretty much pay for him to come in. <laughs> it's a, exactly, yeah, exactly. Really, you have the, that's like the, the, the promote, grimy promoter thing to do. The but. principal of the school, where he's in the conga line oh, yeah. and stuff. The the random like uh, school kitchen cook is unbelievable. <laughs> that he got through an entire WWE run, but he never took that away from him. That's wild, man. That's pretty wild. But yeah. I told Pat, I said, yeah. he should just, he just got, should go online, like, the nearest party store and just start loading up on those ridiculous costumes, <laughs> pack it with him, and be like, yeah, I, yeah. I have the outfits, bring the kind of, like, oh, yeah, my son's, my son, I'm going to put my nine-year-old son on a wrestling yeah. show, I'll book you. Someone like, tweeted me, no way, Jorge, it would be the name. No way, Jorge. Someone, no way, else, someone else said, yes way, Jose, and someone else said, raw way, Jose. Raw way, Jose. He'd have to be a regular. I miss, all the way, I miss wrestling at Rahway. All the way, Jose. Rahway's a special building. I miss wrestling. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, so do I. I mean, hopefully. I'm, I, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. I am hope if we could pull up one Rahway show this year, November, Rahway, September, Rahway's October, whatever. Rahway's the best sober wrestling fan building <laughs> Imagine in the sure. country. I, I've been trying to get the liquor oh license. Oh, my God. There's booze in there? Deej listens be. to this show, so, I mean, uh, dude, that, uh, that please. Be, uh, <laughs> dude, if there was booze sold in that there, that would be wild. He's such a moneymaker, too. And I he know. knows that, too. It's just a city. Yeah, but yeah. You got, I think we would lose a lot of the younger crowd, though. I don't think so. The, <laughs> the, 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 the kids, like the people that bring the babies and kids. I mean, I see carriages in there and, like, toddlers and But you know what? Stuff. Not yeah. for nothing, like, the ones that want to drink, I see it. They sneak it in. They bring it, so like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he just watching this. He's like, what? Oh, yeah. well, I see the. I've thrown what flasks. I've had many people thrown out because they're too drunk. Yeah, at least six, yeah. to seven times. Wow. Where they're like, hey, that guy is drunk, falling out of his chair. That guy's acting. You could tell they're hammered. And Kathy Homer. Yeah, pa- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kathy Homer. Papa Bear and Big Dan would never come and drink at a wrestling. <laughs> All my college show. friends. Oh yeah, my yeah. god. Yeah. God. So anything else Big you want to? Basement monster. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. I see, I, I've seen him more than you. Probably. Bro, he was, he was a regular. Oh, he was yeah, a regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, a regular. Okay. Okay. Yo, uh, little oh, funny story. Yeah, a little <laughs> yeah. When he came by the club one time and he's like, uh, I said, I called him in as my guest, and they're like, yo, he's been coming here forever. I was like, yo, I've known him longer than you know. And he's like, I bet you haven't. And then Dan's like, actually, no, he has. Yeah. Yeah, he has. <laughs> not, not surprised. Uh, plugs? I don't mean, whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. 
I got I have my hand in everything. You know, major wrestling podcast, <laughs> creative pro wrestling. Uh, my pro wrestling tea store is doing pretty well. I'm pretty proud of that. That's cool. Um, right. Cameo, which I submitted to. How's that going? It's it's like uh, awesomely terrible. Does that make sense? Sometimes there's like some really nice things that like you're glad to do, and then sometimes it's like a little brutal. Yeah. Plug this thing of mine, and it's like okay, I feel like a whore, you know. Leave the money on the dresser. I, um, I bought a cameo the other day, but it was rejected. I bought it for uh, for Broski. It got Breaking it news for me. I think it was just turned down. We'll uh, we'll tell you off air. <laughs> oh, an elusive cameo. We've been trying. That's twice now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Wow. Well, that's it. Uh, thanks to Brian cool. for coming in to the place that we split rent on every yeah, single. Which doesn't get paid these days. <laughs> so come, come learn how to wrestle fight. Yeah. yeah. When we reopen. Creative Pro Wrestling. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Cam, come back. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the episode. I, it was kind of important to me to get on here and just kind of pay tribute to Shad, who, as everyone listening knows already, or I'm assuming everyone knows, you know, Shad Gaspard, most would probably know from WWE crime time, half of the tag team with JTG, the tragic happening of him and his son went for a swim. And unfortunately Shad got caught in the riptide, um, essentially saved his son's life. And as I'm recording this on Wednesday morning, they presumably found what they believe to be Shad's uh, body. Uh, so what I wanted to kind of do, just because this is my own platform, you know, I thought about putting things out online, but it, I get in my own head because you don't want to make it about yourself, but you kind of want to, since I have this thing here, I just kind of wanted to talk about Shad for a minute because I knew him fairly, fairly well and just wanted to let people know if I can, of what kind of person he was, because he, certain things over time stick out to you when you kind of look back at all the different experiences that you had. I first met Shad in 2003. There was the OVW tryout camp, which had 50 people at it, and Shad was one of them. And I recognized Shad because I believe he was supposed to be on Tough Enough 2, maybe, or maybe even Tough Enough 1. But something happened where he didn't qualify for it or a medical thing, but he was at this tryout. But I didn't. I, I actually didn't speak to him at that tryout or didn't get a chance to really know him because there were so many people there. And there was a lot of different people there that later would migrate to OVW, like Elijah Burke, uh, myself, I believe, Jillian Hall. Like, There's a whole bunch of guys and, and girls that were essentially auditioning for OVW. And it wasn't even for a contract. It was more for the opportunity to be chosen to go there. And then most likely, if you did well, you'd get your opportunity. So after that, you know, I, I wasn't one of, they, they took 10 out of 50 and I wasn't one of them. So I remember going back and a, a lot of us from that, I was obsessed with OVW. You know, I would check the website all the time and I saw Shad's name was there. I'm like, oh my God, this, that, that guy's down there. Cause I've just, I would just like memorize the website. So to me, they obviously chose him to go back, but I don't know if he was signed right away. And I'll tell you why, because I moved down there in 2005 and I try to look this up and I should have asked people, but obviously it's a sensitive time. When I moved back there in 2005, I was, you know, in 
I was that's when I was accepted to go to OVW. And when I was down there, I remember going to the bar, which was a bar I later worked at, and Shad was a bouncer. So to me, you 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 didn't do both. You know what I mean? So, but I remember that there was a bar in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't even know if it's still there. That was really good to the good to the guys. And I remember myself, Cliff Compton, uh, Armando Estrada, Shad, who we call Beast. You know, all worked there. But I remember seeing him there. So I'm not sure if he. You know, I believe he moved on his own dime and was was hired relatively after that. But I wish I had the story correct and apologize for not having that. As time went on, you know, he, you know, when I, I remember when I, I joined the, uh, the class, you know, it's intimidating. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys down there that weren't very welcoming. Shad was probably one of the most intimidating looking people and legitimately was like the nicest dude. Not even nice. He just, he was always lighthearted and he made he took nothing serious. You know, he, he, he clowned around a lot and it often got him in trouble, but it was, I always got a kick out of it because every, most people in and around wrestling are like myself and a little bit too serious. So I kind of migrated to him a lot and would, would hang out with them and, um, became friends with him, you know, quickly. I remember, Early on, there was, you know, in these OVW live events, you know, some of these towns we worked, my Lord, were not the greatest places to be, or dare I say, did not draw very well. And the lowest crowd I've ever worked in front of my entire life was seven people, and it was me and Shad. And I can't remember much about the match. All I remember was laughing a lot because there's seven people there and I believe four of them was someone's kids uh, from the roster so there was a legit three people there paying and here I am having you know us having a match and I think we worked hard but I I just remember it being fun like okay I'm working shad who cares that there's three people here he uh he was a really smart dude in in a strategic sort of sense like he, it was, you know, I could see as time went on, he, he obviously was training. He had the look, he had the promo and I think he wanted to be called up to the main roster. So, but he was also really good to me. You know, I remember one thing and it, it, it's something I've repeated before, but Shad's actually the one that said it. I was really kind of down in the dumps at one point and he came to me and he said, you know, cause I was obsessed with being hired and he just said, dude, don't worry. He goes, you will get hired. It's just when you get hired, all the stars got to align and it'll just happen, you know? And it was just one of those things where like, I I tell guys like, there's no definitive reason to when you get an opportunity or a break, all the stars have to align. And that was him that said it. I remember distinctly we're outside the ring. So like even he could, he could tell, he had no reason to be good or nice to me at that, at that time period. And he was, so, you know, he'd be real, real good dude. I remember as time went on, he was kind of, because I had conversations with him about it, you know, he wanted to go up to WWE and make money and, and, and be something. But maybe he was, you know, and he presented himself, I mean, here's a dude that's six foot seven of um, from Curacao, which we, I remember him talking about that a lot, or, you know, I, I, there was something unique about him, but he couldn't figure out what could grab their attention. And at that time period in OVW, um, 
JTG, who was in my class, uh, they he was actually working on a, a tag team persona with Abraham Washington, and they were given the name. I think they had a different name at first, but they were then given the name Neighborhoodies. Could you imagine that name now? Jesus. But they essentially did what the same kind of persona JTG did with like the jackets and the hats and the and the the movements. It wasn't like two different different people in a tag team. But Abe, for whatever reason, uh, dropped out or took a hiatus from wrestling and Shad kind of swooped in there and it was perfect. And soon thereafter they were, they were, they were hired. And I remember, I think I might've wrestled these guys 50 times total, maybe even more because it was really easy on OVW events. Uh, when I was doing a rock star persona, dare I say with, uh, my partner, Johnny punch, like, Oh, I put the, put the rocker dudes against the rap guys, real, real easy, easy booking. So I got to work them all the time. And it, it was always a, you know, it was always fun. He, you know, it's one of the, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. You go to college or you go, you spend some time somewhere or you move around and you're with the same people basically every day. And then, oh my God, what happens? 10, 15, 20 years go by. And, you know, you, you may have spoken to them a couple of times, but you, you kind of go, oh my God, like I, I went through a good amount with that person. That's what I kind of felt with, uh, with Shad, you know, not like greatest friends, but oh yeah, we were, we went through that. And I remember I didn't really get to see him for a couple of years. You know, I followed the train down to, to FCW and again, forgive me if I'm trying to, I'm not trying to make this about myself. God, no, this is all about Shad. But, uh, I got to see Shad when he was doing his thing on, at, SmackDown and the only SmackDown match I've ever had was against him and JTG with my partner uh Drew who's now doing bodybuilding stuff in Tampa uh and I remember like I was really excited because like oh cool like hey I've wrestled these guys 50 to 100 times already and I remember Beast came up to me and Beast was like oh this is great this is like how weird is this you know full circle and then uh he's like Pat, how, uh, how old are you now? I'm like, I'm 24. He goes, you're 24? And he looks over the top of me and he goes, that don't look 24. And he pointed to my bald spot. And that was the first time anyone's ever alluded to the fact that I might be losing my hair. Not might be, I was losing my hair. And for the even though I was really excited, my whole day was fixated on figuring out of how like what he said and figuring out, oh my God, I'm losing my hair? I never knew this. So again, that's, something Shad would do and just something Shad would say. You know, since then, when he left wrestling, I was kind of admired. He figured out a way to make it work. A lot of wrestlers go, oh, I'm going to delve into acting. He really did. He really did got into movies. I saw him do tons of stunt stuff and on big productions, you know, like the, you know, Black Panther. <clears throat> and the coolest thing, which I actually got to talk to him about, was I'm a big God of War mark. Any video gamers out there, you know, God of War is like my top two in games. And he did the motion capture and the body scan for, you know, this huge video game character. So he, he had some pretty good success. He, the, the one thing that kind of stood out to me and I kind of went, oh man, like that just, he, he just did things for people when he didn't need to. And just like subtle things that he wasn't doing it to like, for any attention, but just something that I thought was really cool. You know, when I decided to get back in wrestling, 
about last year and put out those buzz killer things and those promos, you know, he, he liked, not only like him, he shared the entire thing on his Instagram and would constantly retweet it on Twitter. And, you know, it's not like I talked to him a lot, you know, there'd be years go by. We occasionally run into him at a convention or some, I, something would happen. I, I talked to Jason a bit more or JTG a little more than, than him, but, uh, I, I remember writing to him, man, I should have pulled out the messages like, man, I really appreciate that. And he, he just told me how much he, he loved it and he's into it, et cetera. And I saw him a month after at the WrestleMania convention, WrestleCon. And he was there with Jay and, you know, it was like old times just saying what's up and, you know, asking what he's up to. And he's asking me what I'm up to. And I think I said something along the lines of like, you know, I'm giving him my best, but I really don't give a shit. And he, he, he started laughing. He's like, that's, that's what it's all about. That's the best feeling in the world. And that's the last conversation, you know, we had with each other. Obviously he was, you know, a terrific father. You know, he, it just sucks. There's no healthy way to spin it. You know, the, the only, there's no positive. The only thing that's, that's going to be that, I guess the positive is the memory of him being so uplifting and the fact that he, you know, he's a hero and saved his son's life. So I just kind of wanted to put, put it out there. Like just since this is my, my platform, just what I experienced with Shad and, and from times in the ring to times backstage at times away from wrestling, it just was a good dude who was always smiling and laughing and having fun. I think all of us that knew him, you know, appreciated that and missed that. And, you know, I just will say thank you, Chad. We miss you. We love you. And, you know, rest in peace. Buzz killer.